just said, fuck you, I'm out. Yes, done. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Welcome to your football fantasy. Another Tuesday episode of the show. Folks, your football fantasy, Dwee's Nuts, the Bullfrog here, ready to give you uh, some waiver wire pickups, some smoke screens, some trade targets, everything you need to know leading into waiver wire day tonight or tomorrow night, but it'll be tonight by the time you listen. Before we do, uh, there's just a handful of things that we we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. This week in football. Huge news over the weekend. Uh, first, first news comes out. Josh Gordon is out for the game this Sunday. A uh, couple of minutes later, news comes out that Josh Gordon is out of Cleveland. Going to be cut. A couple minutes later... The Browns come out and say, well, we're going to try to trade him first, so we'll give it till Monday. Well, trade's been made as of today. Josh Gordon is the newest New England Patriot wide receiver. Very, very quick take on this, Bullfrog. What is going on here? Philip Dorsett has been getting it done. Is he over? Is Gordon all of a sudden going to step in and be worthwhile? Should take some time. I mean, for most receivers that have been going to that Patriot system, it seems to have taken them some time to get adjusted to that playbook, the complexity. I don't know if positional guys take that wonderlick test at the draft, but so I'm not <laughs> sure if Josh Gordon's uh, quick with the light bulb up in the head or not so bright. But uh, I guess time will tell. I'm sure he's burned a few brain cells smoking sure. the green stuff for oh, yeah. you know his whole life. But I'm excited. As my bet placed uh, Josh Gordon as a top 25 receiver, that, you know, middle of the season on, he could be a real, real asset to that offense. Yeah, it's a good spot to be in anytime you're catching passes from Tom Brady. Uh, but that's it. That's all we wanted to talk. We had to mention it because we are a fantasy football show. Real quick. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. So, uh, Buffalo Bills are bad this year. We know that the Buffalo Bills are bad this year, but uh, just how bad are they? Well, look, at halftime of Sunday's game, at halftime, Vontae Davis, longtime defensive back for this team, decides to hang up his cleats and retire. At halftime, in the middle of the fucking game. Is this team that bad? It appears so. I mean, I want to be at a point in my career someday when I can just walk out middle of whatever the fuck I'm doing and just say, fuck it, Peace. I'm done. Yeah, That'd be take great. this job and shove it up I'll, your ass. One more small dumb shit thing, though. The Raiders traded a third-round pick for Martavis Bryant, who's going to miss the season, and the Patriots get Josh Gordon for a fifth-rounder. That seems like some dumb shit. Well, I mean, not only did For they the Raiders, not only anyway. did they give away a third round, but then they cut his ass, and then they signed his ass back, exactly. and then he got fucking set to the side. Exactly. Pretty damn dumb. Let's jump into waiver wire picks because we want to keep this show short, and there are a lot of guys coming out of this week that we think you should be targeting in your waiver priority list or with your fab dollars. Uh, kick us off here, Bullfrog. Who do you like? My first guy this week is going to be Giovanni Bernard. As a Joe Mixon owner, uh, I went right away today, took a look to see if Bernard was available. Unfortunately, in my big money league, he is not available. But on Yahoo, he is only owned by 27% of the leagues. So if you're out there and you need a little running back depth, go snag a Gio Bernard. He does not have the best matchup this week coming up. 
which is a, a road game at Carolina, but he's going to be the workhorse back there. So For the next two to four right, weeks? For a couple weeks, he's definitely worth the flex at least, probably even an RB2. I was surprised to see that he's such low ownership. A lot of people in my leagues are drafting him coming out of the draft. So, yeah, if you can get him, he's got to be on the list there. Who else you like? Next one up, Fitzmagic, baby. Uh, Monday night at home against the Steelers, who have been an absolute shit show of a defense. At some point, that defense will put up a better showing. Again, is it going to be this week or not? I personally have Andrew Luck as my only quarterback. And the Colts play at Philadelphia. Who fits magic just tore up, but, Colt, but Luck really hasn't looked all that good. So I'm highly debating picking up Ryan Fitzpatrick, starting him on Monday night against the Steelers, and hoping for some more magic show. Yeah, we said after last week he was a smokescreen, but then he did it again. I mean, now he's playing a shitty, shitty Steelers defense, maybe one more time. All right, one more for you. Ah, last guy here is going to be Eckler at 44%. He's got to be owned. Um, even if you're not going to start him every week, he's got to be owned as a depth guy, a fill-in injury guy, a fill-in bi-week guy, but he can actually be started as well in a flex spot. The Chargers have a relatively tough matchup this week at the Rams, so that's going to be a test, uh, a tale of two good teams. But again, against that stout defense, I do see a lot of dump-offs to Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, he can get you as many points as a receiver. I heard a ton of a ton of experts come out and predict uh, an all-L.A. Super Bowl. So, that might be a great game. Yeah. Did I tell you I started Eckler and Gordon as my running backs one, two this week? You worked, did. How'd that work out for you? Worked out real well. Going to get the dub? I sure as shit Yeah, am. buddy. All right, I got some waiver wire pickets for you guys, too. Last week, I think this was one of your guys. Geronimo Allison is still only 31% owned. Uh, once again, he got it done. Eight targets in week one, six targets in week two. He's been averaging right at about 65 yards receiving, which, let's be honest, that's not a wide receiver one on your team or a two, but as as, as a flex spot, it's going to be relatively consistent, and there's going to be touchdowns mixed in there like he got there in week one. Uh, he's, he's what I would consider a matchup-proof wide receiver three. Doesn't matter if they're up big, down big. Doesn't matter if they're playing against a stud cornerback. He's never going to get that kind of coverage. Uh, so so he can he can roll out there pretty regularly. I've also got Philip Dorsett listed in here. I know we just talked about Josh Gordon. Dorsett is 24% owned. He's had seven targets in each of the last two games. One of those was against Jacksonville, who's an incredibly difficult team to, to play against, an incredibly difficult team to pass against. Uh, he had 40, I think it was 48 yards or something like that last week on those seven targets, five catches, which, let's be honest, not too shabby. The uh, the lineup coming up here for the Patriots, it's the Lions, Dolphins, Colts, Kansas City, uh, Chicago, and Buffalo. None of those defenses look good at all right now. Like, they let up points all over the damn place. So, Philip Dorsett, I like him. Roll him out there. We know Edelman's going to be coming back soon. We don't know what's going to happen there. But, you know, you know you have at least two more games. Those are that Lions game and that Dolphins game. Uh, roll him out. Not worried about Gordon myself. I got two more guys for you I want to mention here. This is for some deeper. So let's say you're in a 16-team league. You got a deep bench, something like this. Here's a, here's a couple of guys that you might consider if you absolutely need some help. Uh, how about Kamar Aiken? Uh, we saw Mike Wallace out, broken leg, done for the year. While Alshon Jeffrey is practicing, he's not actually back in the lineup yet. Last week, Kamar Aiken was the only wide receiver not named Aguilar to get any targets at all on that field. Six Targets, five catches, only 39 yards. But hey, 
he's the number two on this team. He's the number two on a team that we have seen this offense do well. Wentz might be coming back pretty soon. Uh, again, he's I know back. he's I, starting. I, I said he's starting. He's baby. gonna start next it's week. Colts, yeah. Aguilar's practice or uh, not Aguilar? Alshon's practicing, but I'm not really sure Alshon's ready to come out and get a full compliment yet. So if you need somebody in the next week, maybe two weeks, Kamari can could be somebody that you consider, somebody that might get a little bit of volume on a decent team. They do have Indianapolis and Tennessee coming up in the next two, both top half uh, or bottom half against the wide receiver. So hey, why not roll them out? Uh, Also, Theo Riddick, running back, Detroit Lions, 24% owned. I would say this is a PPR only. He didn't have any carries at all last week, but he had 12 targets in the past game last week. He's been in the top 12 in running backs for targets each of the last two weeks thus far. We know that that offense is going to be trailing often because their defense, you know, bottom five in the league, easy. They look so goddamn bad that defensive uh, the defensive unit, which means Theo Riddick might be game scripted into larger roles moving forward. So again, if you've got a deep league and you're looking for something, somebody desperate, maybe Theo Riddick, somebody that you consider. Uh, so those are the guys you should go after. Let's talk smokescreen here. Maybe some guys that looked like they performed well, look like they might be good targets that we think you should avoid. Go ahead, Bullfrog. This is kind of more of wait and see on these first two guys for me. Uh, the first one will be Latavius Murray. Some reports out there that Cook was left that game due to some hamstring issues. He claims he's fine, but again, we've seen what happens when running backs declare themselves fine. We've seen torn ACLs mm. when running backs declare themselves fine. We've seen 12 days of rest when Saquon Barkley says he's fine. So wait and see. You know, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, might be too early to pull the trigger on Wednesday on him unless you've got guys that you're just willing to dump. You know, then yeah. maybe you could pull a Murray. A but deep bench. Yeah. Uh, but definitely somebody to keep your eye on, especially you Cook owners. John Brown, wait and see. Again, I'm not huge on that Baltimore Ravens passing game right now, but he has been putting up some numbers. And Higgins and Callaway got some good run against the Saints. Looked decent. Callaway made a hell of a catch on that touchdown. Higgins was working over the middle. Yeah, I'm not playing him Thursday night. Absolutely not. But uh, if you need some wide receiver action, uh, those are some options. So kind of wait and see. Keep an eye on them. That last two, it's really a matter of which one is going to be the guy right now, so you might make the wrong decision between the two. Hey, look, I did say in our last Tuesday episode, John Brown might be worth playing. How do you do this week? Pretty fucking good. Is how two touchdowns, I think? I think it was 95 and a touch. I'll take the points. Listen when I speak. Uh, a couple smoke screen guys for me here. I got one for you. Kind of a surprise. Deshaun Jackson, who's been lighting up every fucking defense for those Tampa Bay Bucks thus far. But... Be cautious, guys. Deshaun Jackson has literally caught 100% of his targets so far this year. I think it was 5 for 5 and then 4 for 4. That is not something Deshaun Jackson does. He's a deep ball threat. Deep ball guys don't catch all of their passes, even with Fitzmagic under center. Uh, So be careful there. He's got a 33% touchdown rate, three touchdowns on those nine catches right now. Again, not super sustainable. Yes, he is that that deep ball guy, but I don't see that. I said it last week about Fitzpatrick, and it bit me in the ass, but I'm going to say it now. Be wary of Deshaun Jackson because this is unsustainable for any period of time. If you're looking at the stats from last week, Tavon Austin might look pretty good to you too. He scored a touchdown, so his, his fantasy points looked nice. But guys, he has two catches for 79 uh, yards and a touchdown last week. That's two catches for the entire year, one rush for the entire year. Don't don't fall into that stat rat trap. 
and take a guy because he scored 12 or whatever it is fantasy points this week. Please avoid Tavon Austin. Talk him up to your buddies. Do we got anybody that our listeners should try to go trade for in the next handful of days? Yeah, the two guys that I'm that I was going to try to target this week is going to be Saquon Barkley and Philip Lindsay. Again, it appears Lindsay's taking over the running back role there in Denver. I think Freeman's still going to be there, but Lindsay's playing much better. He's looking better, and Saquon's just a is a touch monster. We all knew that coming in. If that offensive line can ever get anything figured out or they just have a little better matchups, then I think he's going to get it going again. Even with even with shitty offensive games from that team, he's he's still putting up respectable fantasy numbers. Whether you're in PPR, what, what, standard in that first week, he busts that long touchdown. So I'm going after Saquon Barkley. The schedule gets a lot easier midseason. Let me ask you this. who, like, What kind of a player would you be willing to trade? Or what kind of player combination would you be willing to trade for Saquon? Somebody who's been doing okay, so his value's kind of high still. Yeah, I mean, I was I reached out to a Saquon Barkley owner, and he only was going to pull something if I was willing to give Melvin Gordon back, and that's not going to be the case. I was hoping for something more like a Mixon or a Collins, throwing a receiver, a little two-for-one action, but he didn't seem to bite on it. Yeah, my concern about that is if they drafted Saquon, they're really excited, like like Andy yeah. Reid, about the shiny new toy, and they're not ready to give it right. up. Yet. And he's a, hey, he was a first round pick, unfortunately. So yeah, you're gonna unless you know maybe in a couple weeks if they're really struggling, then maybe. But you know if an owner's one and one or one and zero oh or two and zero, oh, they're probably not looking to move Barkley. Right. All right, so I'm going to talk more of a strategy here than necessarily a specific guy, but I'll give you some guys. Uh, one of the things that I like to look at here after you know the first quarter of the season, after three weeks, after four weeks, is just look at wide receivers with targets. Specifically, I like to look at wide receivers that started the year with lots of targets, consistently lots of targets, but maybe minimal production. Think about Nelson Aguilar in week one where he had 10 catches for 33 yards, that kind of thing, okay? Uh, it, those are guys that I want on my team because if they continue to get targets, eventually those points are going to come. You can't sustain three yards per catch season long. All right. So I want guys who have lots of targets, not a lot of points. Here's a handful of options, guys that I'm talking about. Odell Beckham Jr. right now, 24 targets on the year, tons of them, only 24 fantasy points and a half point PPR. Jarvis Landry, 22 targets and only 23 fantasy points. Those are disappointing point numbers based on what you expect of these guys and what you see in these targets. Demarius Thomas at 21 targets has only scored 20 points. Nelson Aguilar, 22 targets, has 27 points. Corey Davis, who surprised me in week one with his target total, he's up to 20 targets so far, only 17 fantasy points. And uh, a little deeper down on your list there, Robert Woods actually has 18 targets this year and only 16 fantasy points. So if you've got an owner out there with any of these receivers on their team and they're looking at that fantasy point line and that's as far as they look, uh, go a little further yourself. Look at who's the guy that's getting a lot of looks from their quarterback because eventually, if you continue to get targets, points will follow. That is my philosophy. Opportunity is king. Go get those guys on your team. All right, last thing we want to do for you guys here, we're just going to preview the Thursday game. It looks to be an absolute barn fucking burner. The Jets travel to Cleveland to face your Cleveland Browns. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a fun one. I might make it through the first quarter before I pass out. Let's start with the Jets side of the ball here. Who is it that we like? Uh, Who do we want to start from the Jets in our fantasy lineups? 
Well, after last Thursday, really stretched me real wide and did me <laughs> fucking dirty right in the dark hole. Um, I'm not starting anyone unless absolutely necessary. But if there was one guy for the Jets, it would be Quincy, my main man in Nunois. Uh, he's a target machine. He's getting the targets. Again, Robbie Anderson's going to take that, you know, the ward coverage most of the game. Leaves Inunua as the main man. That's the one. That's the only one I'm fucking even going to talk about this entire fucking part of this show. So you're up there, Louise. Yeah, I agree. Inunua is the only guy that I want to target. And, and it's because, like you said, targets, right? Uh, interestingly, in game one, which was a total blowout for his team, Quincy Inunua had 11 targets. In Game 2, which was a really close, sort of low-scoring game, Quincy Inouye had 10 targets. Doesn't matter the kind of game. Doesn't matter the game script. Sam Darnold likes Quincy Inouye. He's going to keep throwing it to him. Again, opportunity is king. Gimme Inouye. And that's about it on that team. Who are we absolutely sitting, 100% avoiding? You don't even want to talk about it. I, I don't will. even want to talk about it. Uh, uh, on the Jet side, sit your running backs, Okay. If you're, if you're looking at the stat line, once again, it looks like the Cleveland Browns are bad against the run. Fifth best to running backs. Fifth most generous with running back points. But they've played James Conner and Alvin Kamara so far this year. Uh, those are not your average running backs. Don't be fooled by that fifth best number. Avoid them altogether. And, of course, you've got to sit Sam Darnold after last week where he, he came back down to earth. I expect a couple of interceptions here with a pretty strong defensive line that's going to pressure him all day and some aggressive DBs not afraid to go after the ball. On the Brown side of the ball, you still don't want to talk about it, huh? I'll give you one <laughs> I'll give you one Brown and I tell you what, it ain't a fucking offensive player. It's the defense. If all I'm going to start one Brown, it's that team D at home. They put up respectable efforts against Pittsburgh and the Saints. Two of your top ten fucking offenses five in the picks, NFL. Five picks against Big Ben and shut down Breeze. Two fumbles, two forced fumbles down. against the Saints. Three or four sacks. They're getting pressure. They're playing solid D at home on a short week. Fuck if I need if I'm desperate for a D, I'm taking the Browns in the toilet. And playing bad. their defense. That's all I got. Not a bad stream. The only the only Brown that I might be willing to start maybe would be Carlos Hyde. Okay. Uh, again, if you just kind of look at, hey, how are the Jets doing against running backs right now? They look really good. They're in the top 10 or so uh, against the running back. But the fact is nobody's tried to run the ball against the Jets. 18 total carries by all running backs combined in the first two games against these Jets. My guess is that the Browns try to get Hyde going especially after Tyrod looked so bad uh, this last week. I think Tyrod Taylor goes for more than 18 carries himself in this game. And uh, I, th I think they try to get him going in a low-scoring affair. It's Thursday night. You know, I like that pick. You mean Hyde? What or did I you mean Taylor to get 18 carries Oh, no, himself? Hyde is going right, to get 18 carries. Yeah. Like, yeah, my bad. Hyde is going to get his 18 carries plus. Uh, they're going to try to get him going in this game. And I am sitting Tyrod Taylor He's frustrating the shit out of me after I said some crazy... Th I was drunk last week when I said these, but I said some crazy things. So far, his combined stat line in the first two games combined. 344 yards, three touchdowns, four picks. That's not good. No. There was a lot of hype about him coming out. Maybe maybe it was Hard Knocks hype. I bought into it here in week two, and it bit me in the ass. He, he's done. Baker Mayfield is not long for the bench, guys. Uh, don't do it. All right, my pick for this game, I think the Cleveland Browns do edge out a low-scoring game, 17-10 to over the Jets. And again, 
a barn burner of a game on Thursday night. Who you got in this one? I'm taking the Browns to go 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the season with a 20-17 victory over the J-E-T-S. Yes, yes. <laughs> Darnold. Oh, Lord. This is going to be a fun Thursday night. Hey, that's it, guys. Go take this advice. Go win your waiver wire week. And uh, we will see you back here on Saturday for a big, long show. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, like, follow, and share our Facebook page, and leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.